Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice, Defunding the Police. On the night of June 7th of 2020, news came over all of the social media sources that something really unusual had happened in Minneapolis. Minneapolis, of course, the site of the death, the murder on video of George Floyd. Uh, the first protests and demonstrations started there and spread to all 50 states. And then, almost two weeks later to the day, on June 7th, we heard nine this. members of the Minneapolis City Council came together in a park for a public meeting, and together they made an announcement that shook the crowd. Here it is. Our commitment is to do what's necessary to keep every single member of our community safe and to tell the truth that the Minneapolis police are not doing that. Our commitment is to end our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department and to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe. That's right. You heard right. They're going to dissolve, dismantle their own police department. And this is part of what quickly became the talk of the country, the idea of defunding the police. Defund the police became the phrase of the week. So we should spend a few minutes talking about what that means and what it might mean in Minneapolis and going forward. Now, like so much else in the criminal justice world, exact definitions are sometimes a little hard to pin down. And this idea of defunding the police, what does that mean? Well, it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, there are other similar phrases like abolish the police. And sometimes those same ideas are applied to the prison system. Well, let's just use defunding the police and ask, what does that mean? Depending on who you talk to, it can mean anything from defunding, as in zeroing out the budget of the police, actually abolishing your police department, to a massive shift in budgetary priorities, shifting some or lots of police funding into other things that communities want instead. Uh, for instance, they might not want lots of police officers in their neighborhood. They might not want to spend millions on new police cars. They might instead prefer to have lots of mental health treatment, medical services, and a clinic for everyone. They might prefer to have violence interrupters. They might prefer to have conflict resolvers. There's a whole list of things they might prefer to having police services. You've probably heard the phrase before, a budget is a moral document. And of course, the idea here is, you know, show me what you want to spend your money on, what you're actually putting your money toward. I'll tell you what you actually care about. It may be in contrast to what you're saying. So if a budget is a moral document, where we spend it in the area of public safety counts. And what folks are saying when they say defund the police is, at a minimum, shift lots, some, or even all of that money into the things that will build our community, those medical or mental health treatment services, that economic development, that housing that we want, the education we want for our kids, and away from public safety. So, 
That's the discussion. And of course, if you hear it in that Minneapolis clip, it might sound like zero it out. We're starting over. We're blowing up the police department and we're going to have something very different. Now, why would somebody want this? I'm sure a lot of people are asking that. Why don't you, you don't want any police? Really? How could somebody get there? Well, here are a few things I think to keep in mind. I think these are some of the things that could get somebody there. Number one is maybe you've just had it with seeing your police department, uh, the way it acts, maybe the way it's acted toward you personally, or the way you see it acting towards neighbors or fellow citizens. You don't like what it's doing, and you've simply come to the end of being willing to tolerate it. Number two, you might also, or in addition, see it as not working to create public safety. You might feel, in fact, that in your community, it endangers public safety. It actually physically endangers you and your family and people who look like you. And there is plenty of data from Minneapolis that would seem to back up that kind of conclusion. Force is used against black people in Minneapolis at a rate seven times the rate it is used against whites. And I mean all kinds of force, not just deadly force and shootings, every kind of force. And that might make you feel very different about your police force. Point number three, perhaps you've seen that lots of reform has been tried and nothing has really worked. The change that has come is simply not significant enough or it hasn't come at all. People in Minneapolis might very well be thinking of Jamar Clark. That is another person's name, a black man who was killed by police, not last week, three or four years ago. And there was no prosecution and no change. Uh, Minneapolis has also been involved in significant reform efforts. You've heard me here on Criminal Injustice talk about something called the National Initiative. There were six pilot sites. Pittsburgh was among them. I talked about Pittsburgh's results among the other cities that were part of this national initiative with implicit bias training, with procedural justice training, with racial reconciliation efforts. Among them was Minneapolis. And yet you have not seen enough change, or maybe you don't feel you've seen any at all. I would suggest it's not unreasonable under those circumstances to say, you know what? This ain't working. We have to do something very, very different. And maybe that's defund, maybe it's abolish, maybe it's dismantle, whatever you call it. They have decided collectively that they are going to start over. Now, you may have seen other reports that the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, said he didn't support this. Well, there are nine members of the city council who say yes, and that's a veto-proof majority. So it's going to happen in some form or other. But the question is, in what form, right? Because just to say we're getting rid of this doesn't tell you what comes next. And as I have heard interviews, not only with members of the city council, but members of the public in Minneapolis who favor this approach, um, 
you hear several things. Number one, there's wisdom in the community. They can decide how they want their communities police. Do they want more police officers or some kind of public safety outfit left over in the end? What powers will it have? And what things do they want addressed through other means? If you think that problems in your neighborhood are based on homelessness, poverty, and mental health problems that go untreated, you might want a lot of social workers. You might want people who can come in and give drug addiction services. Those things might be more important to you. Then, inevitably, in these interviews, the people who are talking in favor of defunding the police get asked, what about killers? What about sex offenders? You really mean you don't want police to go after people like that? And uh, among the best answers I've heard are, I don't know. I don't have that figured out yet. We're going to figure it out. But in any event, we have determined that the path we're on has not worked and the path forward is something different. Now, this is audacious. I really have to say it's audacious. Uh, You could support this idea in good faith and you could be against it in good faith, I think, because it is so different than what has come before. What is clear is that the people of Minneapolis, through their elected representatives, don't forget that. This is the city council. These people were elected to make these kinds of decisions. They are on board with it, and they're going to make it happen. Now, one comment on this I heard from a fellow named Jeremy Travis really has stuck with me. Jeremy is one of the most respected people in the criminal justice sphere. He is the uh, former Justice Department official in the Clinton administration. He is also the former president of John Jay College of Criminal Justice. He is at the Arnold Foundation now. Uh, he is just one of the wisest people around in these uh, in this sphere. And I heard him say, you know, if you're going to do something like this, it would be a lot better. I'm paraphrasing here. He speaks much more eloquently than this. But it would be a good idea to have a plan for what you do want to see. And just me speaking here, that appeals to me. I'd like to know where I'm going, what the plan is, before I jump off the cliff. Right? And this is a jump. No mistake in it. Right? This is a big deal. Uh, but let's, you know, let's just say it. The events force this along, right? Life is not easy and linear and we just plan and plan and things go according to plan. We know that's not true. And the moment presented itself and the people who wanted this made this choice. So we will get to see in real time this grand experiment. The people of Minneapolis are going to decide what kind of public safety they want. Now, one little thing I'd like to add here at the end. You don't have to be abolishing your police department to make the same choice and to have the same discussion. What I mean by that is that everybody in every city should be having the discussion around that question. What kind of policing and public safety do we want? If we are dissatisfied with what we have, if it is not meeting our expectations and our rights to public safety, if we feel it is endangering us even, if we feel things are wrong, we get to ask those questions as members of the public, and frankly, we should. But we'll all be watching Minneapolis for many reasons, but this is one of them. Defunding the police, dismantling the police. We'll be watching it for you. 
That's it. That's our news bonus on defunding the police, dismantling the police, moving forward in a new direction. You can hear all of our news bonuses, all of our features, and our interviews with some of the most interesting folks in the criminal justice sphere by going to our website. That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com, all one word. You can support us, too, by going to patreon.com slash criminalinjustice. I'm David Harris, and I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Find show notes and past episodes at criminalinjusticepodcast.com.